The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. As you know, in the rest of the world, the whole media system is about the government shutdown, what's happening, how horrendous this is and how terrible, and yet everything continues. Is it really that bad? What is it that we're missing in this whole explanation the conservative side is always reporting and talking about the things that's taking place. But this is just information. The other side, the pro-Obamacare and those things that's happening with the government, is fighting our side. I say our side because mostly biblical people are on the side of not wanting this health care bill because of what it construes and breaking and violating our conscience. But what's interesting is nobody's given a solution. Has anybody stopped ever long enough that man has advanced in his degradation of the complexities of how this system is so entrenched, so intertwined, so tangled up, that there's not humanly 
an answer for it. There's no possibility of a remedy for it. And so if something can't be fixed, and it can't be, and this is what happens when man sins and he continues on the path he's on, he gets so messed up, the only thing that can fix it is a correction of a fall. It's got to be something that self-fixes. No man, no government, no person is going to be able to do this. Can't be done. And yet we see the atrocities of how things have happened. We got a website that didn't work for healthcare, and the cost of the website blew me away. Six hundred and thirty-six million dollars to build the website for Obamacare, and it doesn't work. I don't even know if we spent that much in the sixties going to the moon. Does that not tell you something? You can't spend that kind of money to build a website. Unless you can pay everybody and everybody and the brother for it and bring so much corruption on it. That's one thing to think about. The website for the healthcare cost six hundred and thirty six million dollars. But the whole healthcare bill was what, seven hundred million? It's already broke. This can't work, it won't work, and it's not about health care, it's about one thing, control. And people don't see it, and they don't want to see it. This is enough to cause a revolution. But while we're in this boat, most people can't see it. We've made it, we built it, and now we've got to float in it, and it's sinking. Archbishop requiring Catholic schools to end activities on Sundays. After months of nudging Catholics to reclaim Sunday as a day to attend Mass and spend time with family, New Orleans Archbishop Gregory Amond is mandating that Catholic schools clear their calendars that day each week. Amond began asking schools last year to tweak practice schedules and reschedule social events so harried families could dedicate their Sundays to worshiping and staying close to home. This year, the request took on new urgency, and by the 2014-15 school year, it will be an official policy of the Archdiocese. It's rooted in the fact that people have a number of obligations and commitments. Our society is fast-paced, Amon says. In living such a hectic life, people neglect sometimes, not purposefully, the very basics of faith and family. While many Catholics are embracing the idea of slowing things down on Sundays, the policy is not without substantial headaches, especially for large Catholic high schools that have to accommodate dozens of extracurricular activities and share limited facility space. Amon, who who declared 2013 as a year of family and faith, said the change applies to both Archdiocesan run schools, and schools operated by the independent religious orders. So far, most schools are on board, he said. Synthony Thomas, president of St. Mary's Dominican High School, said the all-girls school has already changed the dates of many of its Sunday events, including its welcome mass. There are a handful of outside events the school hasn't been able to reschedule, but Thomas said she expects to be fully compliant by next year. 
The success of our school depends on family life, she said. This is another opportunity to strengthen that, and in the long run, I see it only benefiting everyone involved. Amon said that his request is particularly focused on events held at school that aren't associated with Catholic parishes, which he believes should be rescheduled in order to put to not pull worshipers away from their home churches. It does not affect activities like religious education that take place in local church parishes. He also stresses that the new guidelines weren't designed to foster inactivity, but rather to encourage more faith-oriented Sundays. Jesuit high school principal Peter Kirian said complying with the new rules does present scheduling challenges, especially around social events. We certainly agree with the intention of what he's doing, Kirian said. Does it make things difficult? Yeah, of course. We've definitely curbed lots of things, and by next year I think we will curb the rest of our Sunday activities. Kirian said two events he'll need to find a new home for are the school's traditional mother-son and father-son breakfasts, which are typically held on Sundays. Most problematic, however, appears to be athletics. Several coaches said that by eliminating Sundays as a practice day, they'll be at a disadvantage when playing Thursday's games against public high schools. I understand where he's coming from, but it puts us in a bind, says Jesuit football coach Wade Kaiser. This year we play East Jefferson on Thursday. If we can't practice on Sunday, we are going to be they are going to be one up on us. The new policy is also causing schools to reschedule junior varsity games, which are typically held on Sundays. Cyril Crutchfield, head coach football coach at St. Augustine's High School, said he had to cancel JV games this year due to the rule. At Archbishop Hannon High School in Covington, Principal Father Charles Latour says he stopped holding athletic tournaments that run into Sunday and has also rescheduled test preparation courses, but said he welcomes the change. We're always running, he said. At some point, it's important to stop and recognize that God has blessed us. Amazing. Several coaches said... By eliminating practice on Sunday, that the Thursday game would be coming up, the opponent would be one up on them. That's what he's concerned with. Thank God the bishop's seeing this. But there's a pebble dropped in the pond that rippled all the way out to the edge. And look what happened when you're sleeping. When nobody spoke about this, in fact, many people thought it was absurd what was being said, yet many people began to do it across the country and even other nations. Even affect Maria the Visionary and her thinking about Sundays. And Our Lady revealed this to us so strongly that we had to act upon it. And this will be back in 2004, 2003. Actually, before that, I think. We began to live on it. And then, which was protecting the Sabbath, then at that point, I wrote the book in 2000, published in 2008. Look what happened while you're sleeping. The first three chapters deal with this. And so what we're talking about preceding this, about Obamacare, this is all as a violation as a result of the Sabbath. Our nation cannot repeatedly violate the Sabbath and repeatedly stand in the grace of God. It's the one commandment in the Bible spoken so strongly about that you have to protect that. And yet among all Ten Commandments, people would probably say this is the weakest. It's the one that they violate the most. 
about Ten Commandments. Because it's not a big deal. I mean, what's the big deal going to get an ice cream on Sunday? This was this was that it boiled down to that for us. But this leads to a loss of grace, which leads to a violation of all the other commandments. And that's what James said. You cannot break one commandment without breaking them all. And so we see this deterioration in society. We got Obamacare because of this, because people do things on Sunday, and it evolves into the loss of respect for godly things and his law. Which when you lose the, the broken window theory in New York when they brought down crime down and murdered thirty percent, was they begin to arrest small crimes. Jaywalking. They they haul people to jail for that. And they're all saying you can't get away with jay, jaywalking, you can't get you can't get away with murder. Murder dropped. And so all the commandments have been violated because we violate the Sabbath. Oh, we'll tell the killers that shall not kill. We're not gonna do that. We're part of the abortion thing. We're part of what's happening in the clinics. Do you get it? Because when you violate the Sabbath, you have contributed to abortion. You don't believe it. You don't understand it. Read the, read this. There's no way this bishop came up with this on his own. It's that there was a tree planted with the seed of a thought process that wasn't there that a lady revealed and made us understand it here. And we began to live it for years before we even pronounced it to others. And toiled at it, had to change all of our next year's schedule for our flights, for pilgrimages. A lot of work to get out of the working on Sunday. But it's peace, and we prospered, and we continue to expand. Despite many enemies, or maybe not many enemies, we have many people supporting us, but we have very strong and powerful enemies who are vocal, constantly trying to attack or stop what we do. Why? Because Satan doesn't want the secret out. That you fix the Sabbath, you fix abortion. People can't make that tangible. you got to read, just, just read the three chapters. And reread if you got the book, look what happened where he's sleeping. So there's enough people out there in the New Orleans Diocese, there's enough people out there in the thought process that now is affecting where the church does it. follows the people as long as it's within the dogma of the church. They didn't approve Fatima because people wasn't following Fatima. The church came along and said, hey, we got to do something about this. The people following it. Magic words the same way. It's not, not because Fatima happened and nobody paid attention to it. It would have gone away. There'd been no approval. It's because of the following. People have followed. Look what happened when I sleep. And they've adopted this into their life. Radically, we have people doing this. And we need to radically live this commandment. Not fanatically. Radically. Two different things. And you'll see things change in your life. You'll see things change in the economy. That's the solution to Obamacare. Of not taking place. Now that's taking place, you have to have another solution. You have to have an answer to this thing. And that's in they fire the first shot. They fire the first shot is, is really about what do we do now? How do we react to this? Where are we going to go from here with this? And people don't even see it, what's taking place. They see only that this atrocity and all these things are coming down our way. What are we going to do? There's, well, another ripple in the pond to, to bring up, and it's something that you wrote, and they fired the first shot. And, folks, if you haven't read this book, I know many of the listeners have read the book. I think we're over 120, almost 130,000 copies of the book uh, that have been sold so far, and so it's spreading throughout the whole country, changing mentalities and lives. 
But if you've not read the book, if your neighbors have not read the book, this is something that you need to spread to them. This book is the solutions manual for the life that we are living today. And as a friend of Medjugorje just said, what do we do now? So we can listen to the talk shows on the radio. We can uh, read the articles that are that are posted by different conservative leaders. And they do help in some ways form our thought process. However, where is the solution? And the solution is found in Our Lady. And that's in They Fired the First Shot. But something that she wrote in They Fired the First Shot uh, that is much like Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping, accepted by many, and some people said that it was absolutely absurd, uh, was something that she wrote earlier. Uh, actually, it's in one of the earlier chapters of the book, and I've got a copy of the book in my hand, and so I'm only about a third of the way into the book holding it right now. But what she wrote is she said, We're foolishly observing that Obama has taken an authority and not seeing that his re-election efforts will be filled with abuses of our electoral process. Who can doubt that there will be massive fraud in the election process to keep Obama in a second term when the first term set him up to have dictatorial power? Will he then have the ability to stay in office after his second term and the power to do whatever he wants done to go into a third term? And if not stopped, his executive orders, laws, regulations, and his actions can allow him to take a permanent term? This is the mindset seen in those that surround Obama and those who have appointed him as their stool pigeon. Obama already displays he is not concerned about his re-election. So, again, this was written before the election. This is actually written before the primaries that took place. Uh, but something that, an article that someone just recently sent us, I think we got this in yesterday, um, and I'm going to read just briefly what this article says, and it just shows another ripple in the pond that the thought process is going out there, people are spreading it, and Our Lady is influencing things in their thought processes. So the article states, Conspiracy theorists, be on alert. Hollywood icon Tom Hanks may not have been joking when he said he wanted President Obama to run for a third term over the prohibitions of the Constitution. Mr. Hanks, who's starring in the soon-to-be-released Captain Williams and was in Washington, D.C. this week for a premiere showing at the museum, declared his choice for president for 2016. Mr. Obama, The Hill reported. I'm voting for Barack Obama 2016, he said. Yes, I am. Four more years. Mr. Hanks reportedly laughed while speaking, but do a Bing search on Obama seeks third term. And the more than two million hits that come back reveal the notion is both widely discussed and widely reported. MSN, for instance, in August of this year, reported on an investor, Porter Stansberry, who claims the president is secretly planning a third term. Mr. Stansberry, whose past includes convictions for swindling customers with false investment information, sent out a mass email solicitation that landed in even former House Speaker Newt Gingrich's box. Most people believe the election was all about whether or not Obama will have a second term, he wrote. But it was not. What was actually at stake was whether or not he will have a third term. The 22nd Amendment limits the number of times a president can hold the high office to two terms. That amendment came as a response to President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who crossed long-standing U.S. presidential practice set by George Washington of serving only two terms. Mr. Roosevelt served for 12 years. So, again, we're seeing now, people are starting to come to the understanding now that uh, health care and a number of the other things that are written and they fired the first shot, it's too many things to get into in the course of the broadcast right now. But uh, what we're seeing is a, is a spread of, uh, or a setting up of dictatorial power to take place. And uh, again, for those of you that have not read They Fired the First Shot, uh, it's in there. But 
But uh, going back to the in the initial portion where we were speaking about the ripples in the pond and the effects that it's having, uh, just a I want to say out of curiosity, but out of um, a certain amount of um, um, trying to gain a better understanding of it, why did you write? That Obama would seek a second term. And again, keep in mind that this is not. This was written long before, um, before the elections ever took place. So there, I don't even think the primaries had taken place at this point. Well, you have to go to the answer. Can be only where it could be given. It's, it's, it's a thought process, but the thought process is affected by what's given to the spirit. You know, the spirits. What your spirit gets it comes from the Holy Spirit. I saw this very clearly. What what you just read from, um, this is the mindset seen that surrounds Obama and those who have appointed him as their stew pigeon. Obama already displays this is not concerned about his re-election. Will he have the ability to stay in office of a second term and the power to do whatever he wants done, to go into a third term if not stopped by his executive orders, laws, regulations, and his actions can allow him to take the permanent term? This was real clear when I wrote this. This was beginning toward the beginning of of 2012 and how did I see that because if you know your enemy you know what he's going to do and he stole this last election still no one talks about it he literally stole this he didn't get the votes I wrote that that was going to happen and it's exactly what took place nobody contested it nobody even questioned it let me jump in real quick you just said if you know your enemy so you're saying Barack Obama is an enemy. A Barack Obama is an enemy. Nothing less than a persecutor of Christianity, a forerunner whoever he may give birth to, another antichrist. But he's antichrist. Anybody wants to take the authority upon themselves that they have and, and expound that authority, which he has done, which is very clear, and they've had the first shot. He's exponentially expanded his authority, and, and he's not acting on it yet. He's going to act on it after this next election in 2014. It's green light. There will be no holdbacks. Everything has been poised for that. You watch. Watch after that election. He's still walking in a caution light. He does atrocious things, but you wait till after that. It's pure green. No stopping and no worrying about running over the bodies. This man has this in him to do it. But even more so, the people who surround him, because he didn't gain this power. He don't have the capability of doing it. They need him. As I wrote back then, he's a stew pigeon. This is before his last election. I'm not saying this to throw out names. It's just understand your enemy. Know your enemy. Know yourself. If you don't know your enemy and you know yourself, you'll lose half your battles. If you know him and you know you, you'll win all your battles. If you don't know your enemy or yourself, you won't win him. This is Sun too. This is quoted very thoroughly throughout the book. It's on that premise. So you have to understand Obama, what he's doing, not what he's done or what he's enacting. You have to understand his mindset. It's very clear to me. It wasn't even doubt that I was worried about running my... Uh, credibility to say this guy's going to run for a third term. This guy's not going to step down. You know, the Holy Spirit can make you prophetically see things. All these messages are prophetic. If you really get into the message, you pray to comprehend them, you can understand the secular things and what's taking place. It's amazing. My wife was just, a, and I was just at a Civil War battlefield that said that they want to do something at the 100th anniversary of the Civil War in 65 or a 60, rather, 1960, but they couldn't get enough public 
support. And that people were not interested in looking at the past, but only the present. And they're saying how shameful this was and how, how what's a, what a loss this is. That modern times in the 60s, everything's coming home, we're going to the moon, all these advances being made. That we were living for the present. You'll not have a future if you can't recall them. The Jewish history is filled with the Passovers and all the things that happened to them and Messiah, um, um, Masada, all these different things that happened with the Jews. They transmitted these things because it was important to know where they came from. And we don't. And we're not doing that. And we're in trouble. We're losing who we are as a nation. Very scary. And so the Sabbath ties directly to what we've inherited. And you've got to read They Find the First Shot. Uh, look what happened while you're sleeping. They Find the First Shot is filled with things about what was coming. And many of them have already fulfilled. I'm not saying I knew this or did that, but God did. And I prayed and he showed me this and put this together. And many people are on fire about the book. And thankfully, finally, is it next week? Within the next week, you should see They Find the First Shot website released and we'll be able to connect you with your people maybe two blocks from you you didn't even know they're they're uh, they're following this and ready to act on it people are tired of just being informed about what's going on and what the government's doing and what obama's doing all the the talk show hosts everything the media that's, that's on the side of what you might be in line with what is it making you do you, you we need something to lead us they find first shot puts you in a leadership position to act. Because we know, Ali has said, without Jesus there's no future. We know the system doesn't have Jesus. We know that the military, just this past weekend, banned priests from going onto the base to do mass. They had to go off base and have people leave the base to go off mass. I tell you, I, I think there should have been a riot. When are we going to act? As for me and my house, I wish to serve the Lord. And I think that ties, ties into Patrick Henry. When he said, when will we be stronger? At this moment, every day we get weaker. Every single day. And look who's surpassing us. Look who's saying, stand up. You're not going to propaganda. You're not going to propaganda your abominable lifestyles. You're going to rearrange marriage. You're not going to do this in our nation. Putin. The premier of Russia. Just on September 20th, he says, people will lose. This is him. This is the president of Russia. Never in my wildest thoughts would I thought I'd be reading this. And can support somebody in their thoughts that lead this country. People, he said, will lose their human dignity without values enshrined in Christianity and other world religions. Without moral standards that have taken millennia to take shape. President Vladimir Putin said, We believe that it is natural and appropriate to defend those values. Any minority deserves respect for its distinctive identity, but the rights of the majority must not be questioned. He believes that Russia, this was this talk was done at, at Vidai Discussion Club, Putin, he believes that Russia can't move forward without cultural, national, and self-determination. Otherwise, the country won't be able to respond to external and internal challenges, can't, and it can't be successful in global competition. 
Putin says, events that take place in the world represent one more challenge, serious challenge, to the Russian identity. There are foreign policies and moral aspects to this. We have been able to see many Euro-Atlantic countries effectively embark on a path renouncing their roots, including Christian values. Italy itself. Here's Russia saying this. You're renouncing your roots. Values which underlie Western civilization, Putin said. That involves a negation of moral principles and any traditional identity nationally, culturally, religiously, or even those that promote illicit, perverse behaviors. He said policies are pursued that put large families and abominable lifestyle partnerships in the same category. Just think of the absurdity about this. And this president is for it, and Russia's president is dead set against it. They've passed a law saying you're not going to propagand, propaganda this, this lifestyle. they got people watching it. Is that censorship? No. It's a protection. What is censorship? Do you know what it is? Do you think it's a negative word? It is in the hands of a corrupt government because they'll censor you. Somebody's going to censor something. So are we going to censor or are they going to censor? They're censoring you not to speak against this abominable, and they're, not un, they're uncensored. It's not a two-way street. One will prevail, one will not. Who's going to censor? The moral standard has always prevailed. And censorship has been defined as the right of, of, of a people, or civil government even, to protect the morals of the people. A bottom of lifestyle is not moral. End of story. It is not acceptable. End of story. You're not born with it. End of story. Don't get in our face with this. Policies are pursued, Putin says, that are put that put large families and abominable lifestyle partnerships in the same category. Belief in God and belief in Satan. Is that not incredible? So families and abominables, he says, is God is belief in Satan. So you got God or you got Satan. You got families or you got the abominables. I wish our president would say this. I wish some of our senators would say it. I just wish some of our pastors would get on the pulpits and say it themselves. He says, excesses of political correctness reach the point where there are serious discussions on the registration of parties that have propaganda of the perverse behavior as their objective. People in many European countries are ashamed and afraid of speaking about their religion, holidays, or and religion and holidays are abolished or either given other names, names that shyly conceal the nature of those holidays and aggressively attempt to make, to, are made, or rather aggressive attempts are made to force this model on the rest of the world. He ends with this. This is a direct path to degradation and the primitiveness to deep demographic and moral crisis. What can be a better indication of a moral crisis in the society of man is that the loss of the ability of self-reproduction. So there's no question what he's talking about. Abomination. Could you ever have imagined that? And so, writing about this, Obama's not going to step down. 
And now we hear what you just wrote. There's been two million hits and discussions about this. All this is growing. We wrote also something about modesty years ago. There's a, as a, as a um, I guess she's a model. She's got a line the Ray swimsuit. And she says something incredible. I'll probably write about this because we were saying this when nobody else was saying it 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Our girls, when we go to the beach or if we go swimming, they wear gym shorts, long gym shorts, and they wear uh, sleeved shirts over over their bathing suit when they go swimming. And we're not embarrassed out there. People look at 15 of the girls out there with us out there and they wonder, what are they doing? They're not Muslims. They don't have them all the way down the ground. But look at this. Nobody's wearing that. But you know what we've watched in the last five, six years? People going that way. People are going more to modesty. But Ray, she says this is incredible. She says, we need to teach girls that modesty isn't about covering up our bodies because they're bad. Rather, she says, modesty isn't about hiding ourselves. It's about revealing our dignity. And so all of this, I say, because of being ahead of the curve, whether it's they fired the first shot, look what happened when I sleep on the Sabbath, all these things, because our lady's ahead of the curve. She's come to show us, this is where the culture's going, this is where I want you to go, and start listening and paying attention and, and act. Transform my, well, read my messages every day and transform them into life. And we can keep going, because it's just not four or five books that Frank always talks about. It's hundreds and hundreds of writings and booklets from There Goes God People as to... Uh, modesty is to uh, in front of the crucifix on and on and on there are hundreds of them read them you got to be studying to navigate to this culture and what that does for you is what's crashing what we spoke about in the beginning how things are going to end you step out of that system you're away from it frank well, I have read all the all the booklets that I know of and and uh, when I mentioned the writings of course. You know the major writings are what are what are changing the world, and uh, but but all these uh, you know booklets have formed my thinking, and I say glory be to God for Bishop Ammon, and glory be to God for uh, Field Angels in in Louisiana. I know you have many from my ministry. I've probably spoken to more people in Louisiana than any other state, and I know that this is a fruit of look what happened while you're sleeping. This book is the answer. It's the only answer. If we could communicate it, but we need, they fired the first shot in community to communicate Our Lady's message better and uh, to uh, enter into this David and many Goliath battle because um, we are, the, the fruit of fiat money, history shows us, is uh, a, di- a dictatorial leader or a dictator. This is what happens because the um, object of fiat money is control and control of the masses and this is where we're headed and we have another glorious opportunity which I think is a fruit of the cross and a fruit of the prayers on the exaltation of the cross which is a fruit of the novenas prayed for this nation which is a fruit of the message but uh, this weekend we'll all be praying a rosary for the United States uh, the churches throughout the United States have announced at noon uh, Saturday, we'll be praying the rosary for this country, this nation, and it's a great opportunity. I'll be bringing cases of look what happened while you're sleeping to my parish, and also, it ain't going to happen because 
in, in my view, there's nothing that we can do more proactive or more patriotic or more to save America than to transfer our paper nothingness that's going away into miraculous metal Medjugorje rounds that are choosing Our Lady to be queen over us and choosing God's monetary system. This is the most patriotic thing you can do. So I think this is equally important with, you know, the, the writings that lead us out of this mess we're in. Well, I'm tired of information. I'm tired of being told this is what's happening. I'm tired. Nobody, you know, everybody, let's go to Congress. Let's go to court. Forget all those things. Look what happened when you're sleeping. It's an action book. It literally gives you something immediately you do when you put the book down. It didn't inform you and educate you, enlighten you, or do public awareness. That's what we're hearing from the public. Public awareness. Forget all these things. Let's take action. You go to, from there, it ain't going to happen. That's action. They fire the first shot. It's action. You literally can physically do something to change your world and your living and what you're doing. And you become more free. We've grown more in freedom. And you can go that way with How to Change Your Husband. It's an action book that you can take an effect on your marriage. I see far it's an action book. You can take affection on your whole family life and your whole outlook of what you're doing and who's, who's indoctrinating your children. And it goes on and on and on. It's not ending. Our Lady didn't come here to say, pray, go to Mass, go to confession, fast. That's all she expects of you? No, that's your intentions. That's to get your attention from her. Because she's got something for you to do. It's not going just to the ballot box. It's way beyond that. You've got to change the world. You're the apostles. The apostles got out there and integrated. They got stoned. They got this way. They got everything happened to them. They got the head cut off. You got a commission. You're an apostle. You need to understand how that works. Somebody just recently wrote to me and says, Thank you. For helping us know how to love Our Lady more. Love is displayed, what I'm telling you, into that statement. Love is displayed by obedience. Love is displayed by taking action. And there's things we can do. And there are solutions. There are answers. But it's not staying in the system. You say, I can get out of it. Study and reread and reread this material. You'll see. Frank's done it. Other people are doing it. People are doing it across the whole country. And and they're doing it across the world from what Our Lady's revealed through these insights that she gives to us. Frank, uh, of course, you can contact him about the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje Round, which is a one-ounce silver piece. The purpose of that is to exchange the money that you have, which is being printed at $65 billion per month, a trillion dollars a year, the money that's out there, let's say we, let's just say, for example, we've got a trillion dollars of cash out there. If you add another trillion dollars of cash out there this year on being printed, it didn't increase more it does not increase more money. It doesn't increase more wealth. Everything that's double the money, the price of milk will be doubled. The value of things change with the more money that comes in the market to make this simple. It's more complex than that. But to help you understand it, whatever you print does not increase any wealth whatsoever. What it does is increase the value of what you're paying for it. So what you're paying a dollar for, if you can put another dollar to add to the to the currency in, in, the, in the system, you just made the product cost $2. 
You're not gaining anything. So what does this lead to? Hyperinflation. What does hyperinflation lead to? A crash. So you need to get something that won't crash, that won't be worthless, that won't, that won't lose all its value. Silver is the thing that's undervalued, which should be a sign from Satan because it's very demonic that he's keeping the price below the, the mining price what it has to get out of the mines. Why? Because the system managers have to keep people in the dark that silver is not a good place to go to. It's, it's, it's a place of, uh, that is volatile. It keeps driving the price down through selling paper, which is not silver. They sell that to keep it, the price way, way down. Therefore, that's a sign that you should see it. This doesn't make sense. It's intrinsic value. It can't, it's value of silver cannot disappear. can't go away. And in the event of a crash, it's the only thing that people will, people will run to what has value. Food. That's the ultimate value. It's more worth more than silver and gold. You will give your silver and you will give your gold for food. That's why Wall Street said the future gold is silver is gold. They know that. That's why the, these investors are buying huge tracts of land. They're headed that. They're looking to protect themselves this way. And so silver is something that's suppressed right now, which is a big indicator that Satan doesn't want you to discover that. And so this is the time to get it. This is the time to have it. This is the time to preserve your wealth. Secondary only to having your homestead and your ground and your land and those things. That's priority. That's before silver. But in, what you can do today is you can do that. You can get ain't going to happen. Go through this. You can call Frank and put your anything you have in excess or weekly be putting your retirement, your 401ks into the miraculous metal measure go around. Don't put in plain silver. Don't buy silver bars. Don't buy the silver eagle. Why? You want to be blessed. You want to hold something secular? With the miraculous metal, we know it brings conversion. We have over 2 million one-ounce rounds out there that's got the miraculous metal on it. And whatever you carry it, whoever carries it, even if they're a gang member who comes across it and it trickles down into the system, because this is a means of exchange, you can cash out these one-ounce pieces anywhere, or not anywhere, but you can cash them out any day, any time, any moment. The market's waiting for it. And when the paper goes away that's sold, oversold silver by hundreds of millions of ounces, and they realize they don't have anything but paper, this silver one-ounce piece is going to go through the roof. Frank, your contact information and comment? Yeah, um, I would just simply say that silver by its nature, because it's synonymous with money, is the most undervalued asset or the most suppressed asset in the world. And uh, at, at, this, be, at this time, because of the system, at, evil system. Because of the evil system. So this is what they're, this is the enemy of the system, so this is what they're, they're suppressing. So this is, um, this, this makes it a better investment intrinsically than anything out there. The miraculous metal, because we're choosing God over mammon, his queen mother. We recognize her. We recognize her presence here. We recognize the triumph of the immaculate heart of Mary is coming. We recognize this is part of her message of Medjugorje, which is bringing us the time of Mary. And so, which will, if we choose God's Queen Mother, we choose God. And so this is why no other form of silver. Silver because it is real. It's of God's system. And to discuss more about this and how you can get out of 401Ks and this type of thing, you can call us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website that has this information is globalsilverinvestors.com. 
We have right now many, many projects we're looking at Caritasas. We've got some very busy weeks ahead of us. We're looking at things for next year. We've got a lot on the drawing board that is given to us to achieve, which will bring a lot of conversion. We need funding. We need to do some things with Medj.com. We got they find the first shot coming on board. And we need your support. Don't think because we, we operate, you hear this every day, everything's fine. We need the funds. We need the support. We need your prayers most of all. Until next time, we wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.